0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family
1: focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. God just gave me a picture and a word uh, for us as a ministry and I kind of processed it in the week with Etienne who is not here this weekend because one of his brothers is getting married or got married yesterday and so they're spending some time together, extra time as a family Um, and uh, we just agreed as we kind of processed the word that it was really just important for us as a campus, Um, uh, I think we've been going what a year and a half to two years nearly. Uh, also, but just to, the word was to go back into neutral, which kind of doesn't make sense uh, until we spoke about it, and then this word came up with it, and that is from Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and it says, it'll come up on the screen there, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And so, you know, with this, we just uh, re- really felt God saying that for us as a, as a campus, you know, for whatever reason, maybe the only word is hucking. Like, you know, it's kind of like not taking, it's not kind of going forward as much as we would like it to. Or the fruitfulness hasn't been there. You know, we've had a lot of people coming through and a few people sticking. And there's good reasons for that. It's not only just us, but it's just the culture that we live in. Where people are very uncommittal and very, very kind of like, let's focus on other things. Uh, but we can't change them in that. We can help mature them out of that. but I just felt God saying, you know we need to go kind of back to the um, first base with, with the church plant. And uh, that would be with regards to the prayers. Okay, so I'm going to teach on prayer and uh, we'll be going through a series on prayer and we'll be praying not just in the service but uh, hopefully in the week too. and really, Practicing what we're learning and I'm gonna I don't want to kind of get into what what that looks like just yet But um, we're going back to basics, I suppose Okay, and before we get into to, today's message. I want to say you know, how do we judge fruitfulness? How do we judge fruitfulness? Um, someone recently in our uh, the first church that we planted was in Stellenbosch and Stellenbosch is going strong And I believe it's super healthy and all of that, but someone there. Um, asked uh, the pastor who we handed over to, I think, three or four years ago, Peter, uh, and said, you know, the church isn't growing, and so they think there's a problem. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe it's the message, or what's what's wrong with you guys? Like, there's something wrong. And I said, well, you know, we've got to evaluate or look at what do we evaluate when we evaluate growth. And the most important thing that we evaluate is the people. What's happening in people's lives? It's not about numerical growth, numbers, although it should result in that. But we have got to look at, our people growing? Because a lot of big churches have no depth in the people. And if the church can't have services like we saw in COVID, the people stumble. The people fade. And uh, that shouldn't happen. We want depth in people and individuals so they can stand strong and be fruitful without having to have a church service, although church service is great. But getting back to prayer, because this is a foundational thing. Yeah, prayer isn't just us coming with a shopping list. Okay, Prayer is us just engaging in relationship with God. Prayer is us engaging in relationship with God. And prayer isn't just us talking to God, but it's God talking to us. The Word shows us that we can hear God's voice. And we'll look at a verse like that right at the end. So when we look throughout the book of Acts... What I'm amazed at is how often the church prays. If I I look through the book of Acts, it's amazing how often the church prays. I'm going to give you an example of all the different things they prayed for, or the different circumstances they prayed, but it's amazing how often it's not mentioned them singing. And it's amazing how often it's mentioned that they pray. And yet today in in the church today culture we have a lot more focusing on singing than we do on praying and i think there's an imbalance that needs to be corrected there because that's immaturity when we're not matching up with the word you know prayer can take on many weird forms i don't know if you've been in a weird prayer meeting i've been in many okay (laughs) i've been in many weird prayer meetings and i've seen many weird things i come from that background so i'm not going there But what i'm saying is when we look at the word it's important to realize that prayer is important you know jesus a number of times committed himself to prayer or prayed all night i haven't done that okay i'm just saying being honest like jesus prayed all night he says to his disciples in the garden of gethsemane you know what he says to them he says he wakes them up he says can't you even stay up to pray with me for one hour as if one hour is very little like how how easy is it to just in, push through in prayer for one hour? It's a, it, it, it should be easy for us, but we have to kind of grow to that place. But we look at the life of Jesus, we look at the early church, and we see that, and, and even the teachings and the epistles on prayer, on the letters of the New Testament, we see that prayer is something more important than most of us make it out to be. But we'll see in, in the book of Acts as well, prayer wasn't just petitioning God, Prayer was just a time of fellowship with God, we'll see this in Acts 13, prayer was a time of fellowshipping with God where God spoke and where they got direction from God. I'm amazed how often uh, as a ministry we've received directions through, through times of prayer. I mean last Sunday for example, in the prayer meeting before the service, we had a word from God. We meet every Tuesday as a ministry for, it's just for 30 minutes online, uh, from 2 to 2.30. If you want the link, you can just ask myself or you can ask Lucas and we'll share the link with you. And we just pray together, together for 30 minutes and I'm amazed how often direction comes through those prayer meetings. For individuals, because sometimes there's prophetic words that are flowing in those meetings, between people in the meeting, but sometimes it's for the church as a whole, and it gives us specific direction as to where we're going and what we need to do. And sometimes we don't tell, we, don't, we actually never tell people in the prayer meeting, we need to pray for this. Sometimes we'll say, we need, you know, there's obvious things we need to pray for. But how we always approach a prayer meeting is, let's pray in the Spirit and ask God what should we pray for. And then people start coming with, this is what they feel we should pray for. And it's amazing how specific it gets. We must pray with the right understanding of the purpose of prayer, number one. Otherwise, the prayer will be... (laughs) Mispurposed. okay so we need to understand the purpose of prayer in order to pray correctly but we also need to understand our authority in christ in order to pray correctly and we also need to understand our calling as believers in order to pray correctly why do i say that because we'll look at it in a bit but most times people think that you got saved now you know how to pray what do we tell people and this is the right thing to tell them when they become christians Prayer is just talking to God, so just talk to God. Amen, hallelujah, but that's insufficient. You need to grow up in your ability to speak to God. Not speak to God only, but your prayer is speaking to God. Prayer is speaking into situations. Prayer is hearing from God. There's a lot more to just talking to God. Okay, so there's some things we need to know so that we've got the right understanding. Okay, so here's, here's what happened with the church praying, in, in, if you look in the book of Acts. I'm going to just run through a couple of things. You know, what happened after the church prayed? Pentecost. You see that in in Acts 1.14. You see an earthquake and you see evangelism in Acts 4 and Acts 16. We see someone coming back to life. The dead being raised. We see miraculous release from prison. We see healings. You know, what did the church pray for? We see they prayed for its leaders. So this is our example. Pray for the leaders. Pray for manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Pray for people to get saved. Pray for missions. The church prayed for for physical safety. The the church prayed for healing. Okay? When did the church pray? The church prayed in times of crisis. When making decisions or appointing leaders. The church prayed even when saying goodbye to each other. Before they left each other. They would pray uh, uh, together. The church prayed as a whole. The apostles and the leaders prayed. Individuals prayed. Peter prayed. Paul prayed. Cornelius prayed. The Jewish woman prayed. So women are allowed to pray as well. And it's in, and then Acts also records specific prayers and times of prayer. So throughout the book of Acts, which is not a doctrinal book but it's a historical book to show us what's taken place, we see prayer as a center, a, a central focus point. Okay. So we're going to look at the foundation for fruitful prayer life. The foundation for a fruitful prayer life. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Our relationship with God needs to be based on a proper understanding of the Word. Amen? If we don't have a proper understanding of the Word, you can't have a proper relationship with God. I heard about uh, thankfully I can never remember the stories where they come from but I think this morning or yesterday or sometime someone told me about meeting someone who has this amazing they say they have this amazing relationship with the Lord but they don't know the word you don't I can I can guarantee you if you're not in the word and you don't understand the word you don't have a good relationship with God because your relationship with God cannot be based on your experience you'll get deceived Paul said in um, Galatians chapter 1, verse 9, <clears throat> if an angel from heaven appears unto you and gives you a message that's contrary to the gospel, let them be cursed. He says it twice. So it's like double cursed. So you could have this amazing angelic experience and a vision and a dream, and if it counters the word of God, it's wrong. Your experience with God might not be with God, it might be with the other guy. Okay, So don't base your faith on experience. You need to base your faith on the Word of God. Our experiences don't take the place of God's Word. They don't line up with the Word. Kick them out. Forget about them. Move on. We need to make sure our doctrine, what we believe about God is right. And we're growing in it. And it's becoming more and more and more clear. Okay? Prayer is one of the most understood... understood Let me change that word. Prayer is the most misunderstood subject, one of the most uh, misunderstood subjects in the Word of God. Okay? Because a lot of people just make assumptions, like the one I've already said. You got born again, now you know how to pray. No, you don't. Okay? Why would Jesus say, go into all the world, make disciples, and then after everything else He says, He says, teaching them to obey. He's like, teach them. We've got to teach disciple people how to be disciples, how to be believers. Prayer is included in that. You've got to grow in your understanding of these things. Otherwise, you get confused. Um, so to properly know and understand prayer, we need to be taught. And we need to be taught from the Word, not from someone's dreams. I had I sat on a, in a, a situation... A, a class once where this this person was teaching on on prayer and spiritual warfare and uh they said yeah they they said they're going to teach us from a dream that they had i closed my bible (laughs) i put my head on the desk and i went to sleep i tried to because what i don't get interested in your dream i want to know what the word says if your dream is is interesting then preach the word and add it in with the word But don't let that be the foundation of your teaching. Otherwise, it it could be deceptive. We must be instructed on something before we know about something. So, we don't automatically know how to pray. We've got to grow in this area. Okay? Because prayer is about walking in the consciousness or the awareness of who we are in Christ. Prayer is about taking up our authority as believers. And in order to do that, you need to know the Word. Amen? In order to be able to do this effectively i mean how many times someone's asked me is is it okay to pray for this or is it okay to pray for that that means you don't know what you should pray if you if you're asking questions about is this okay to pray like this or is this okay then then i can guarantee you you don't know what prayer is if you say why are my prayers not answered you don't know what to pray you don't know what prayer is about because here's something we'll talk about prayer is never unanswered. If, prayer, if you think prayer is unanswered, it means you don't know what prayer is. Or your prayer life is ineffective. Thank God someone who flies an aeroplane called a pilot that they've been trained for that, right? We need to be trained to pray. And so this is why we're here. <clears throat> there's a lot of error in prayer because there's a lot of error in doctrine oh god please don't do this god please do that god what are you doing there's no prayer like that in the bible you don't see paul doing that you don't see peter doing that there's no place for prayers like that oh god if it be your will please would you take the sickness from me you don't see that in the bible and people pray stupid prayers because they have stupid doctrine let's put it bluntly we need to know what we've got to pray for jesus gave himself to prayer do you know what jesus never did if you read through um if you watch the chosen maybe he does it there but but this isn't in the bible <laughs> okay the, the chosen they add in a few things there but if you look from matthew all the way to john the end of john you never ever 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 see jesus going around and declaring and decreeing have you ever seen christians do that i declare and i decree over you in the name of jesus jesus never did that i declare and decree <laughs> you never see that You know where Christians get that from? You don't know. Job. Let's look at Job 22. Here we go. Job 22 verse 8. You will also declare a thing. And it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. So if we look at this verse. Do we have the right to declare a decree in our prayer time? I declare a decree over you right now healing from whatever you want to declare declare you know you when when we're studying the bible everything that i'm going to say in this series is going to also help you to study your bible better okay because my aim isn't to just give you information that i believe but i want you to learn how to study the bible for yourself and when we study the bible whenever we take a verse like verse the best thing that you can do is ask yourself who said that because you know that the devil talks in the Bible. Did you know that? The devil talks in the Bible. You've got the, the temptation of Jesus and the devil talks. And if some of you were to take the Bible, like the way you, you, you take the Bible, you'll go and read the words of Satan and you'll take them as a message from God. You've got to ask yourself, who's speaking here? So you've got to look at Job especially. You know, people uh, butcher Job all the time. Who spoke? Can I tell you? Job's foolish friend. The Bible calls him a foolish friend. So Job's foolish friend is saying this. That's why you don't see anybody in the Bible doing this. (laughs) You don't see the early church doing this. There's no example of this in Scripture. But we have a foolish friend saying that, and then you've got foolish Christians who take it and then do it. Why? Because of ignorance. Okay? So let me ask the question. Does God always answer prayer? Yes. I'll answer it before you do. (laughs) Yes, because that's the right answer. But that needs some clarification. Because now you're saying, but I was praying for a car and I didn't see it happen. You don't know what prayer is. That's not what I'm talking about. Does God always answer prayer? Yes. But I didn't get the lotto numbers this week. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, that's not prayer. okay we we often uh, 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 are taught that god sometimes says no or god sometimes says wait for the purpose of us going through this challenging testing time which will strengthen our faith you ever heard that this isn't in the word you can't find it anywhere can i tell you an amazing truth Bad experiences don't build faith. This will change your life, this one statement. Bad experiences. You've gone through some bad experiences, Jamie. I I know some bad experiences. Okay, Jamie's gone through some bad experiences. They haven't built your faith. Definitely not. But in the the middle of it, you've got the Word which built your faith, right? Because the Bible says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And so there's many people who've gone through the things that Jamie's gone through and you've gone through and it crushed them. It crushed them. But it hasn't crushed Jamie because of the Word of God in her life. Faith. Her faith in Christ. But if we don't have that faith, it'll crush you. It'll destroy you. Trials and temptations, everyone has them. Challenges, everyone has them. Okay, but we're taught from the the Word, from the epistles, the letters in the New Testament, that uh, 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 these things, as we put our faith into work, they strengthen us. The faith strengthens us in these trials. Okay, you see that in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, King James Version. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And then from the Passion it says, My fellow uh, believers, one of the (laughs) birds, My fellow believers, (laughs) when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties. Anyone feel like that sometimes? I'm facing nothing but difficulties. Okay? It says there, See it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. This is saying that as believers we need to see challenges differently. We have to have a different perspective. For you know that when your faith is tested it stirs up uh, in you the power of endurance. And then your endurance grows even stronger. It will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. So, if you can put up the King James Version there again. So I'm going to... Touch on a couple of words there. The word worketh in verse 3 means to accomplish or to achieve. The word patience. So it, it, it worketh. What does it worketh? Worketh patience. So the trying or testing of your faith worketh patience. Patience means steadfastness. Patience, actually, in this, this verse, means endurance. Okay? You could define. Um, Backspace. It doesn't mean, <laughs> okay, it doesn't mean that to get patience, you need to have trials. Because Paul shows us in Galatians 5 that patience is the fruit of the Spirit. So you've got patience. But what this verse is showing us is that in order to, to become stronger, we've got to put that patience and that faith to work in the situation. And you have that choice. Do I let this happen or not? Satan doesn't desire for you and me to walk in the awareness of who we are in Christ. Amen? So, based on that fact, God doesn't need Satan to help us grow in our faith. Okay? And Satan doesn't work for God. So... (laughs) Why would Satan come and challenge you and put trials on you and tribulations on you just to get you to focus on Jesus and make your faith stronger? That doesn't do that. The people, some people with severe challenges in life, don't get stronger; they die. Some people who have major challenges in life don't overcome and become stronger in their faith; they die, they fall. So, God answers prayer always. But we must know His Word. We need to know His way of doing things. So that we know what prayer is and we're praying according to what prayer is. And if we are praying and exercising our right as children of God to pray, can I, I can tell you this, I can guarantee you, you will never experience something called this unanswered prayer because there's no such thing. What we call unanswered prayer is not prayer. It's hot air. It's something else. And I believe God would be hearing you because He's gracious. But He's maybe not on, You're not seeing any fruitfulness, or not. You're seeing the answer because you're not exercising the prayer in the right uh, uh, definition. Second uh, Corinthians chapter two verse twenty says, "For all the promises of God." In Him, in Christ, are yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. So all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. Not some of the promises. How many of them? All. all. Okay. There's nothing like Noah Wade. According to this verse, there's only yes. Okay. There's nothing that you could ever need that's not available in Christ. How many of you have needs right now And four of us when we have needs we need to see this there's nothing that i need that's not available in christ and so all the promises of god are yes and amen in him okay uh, colossians chapter 1 verse 20 for it pleased the father that in him in christ should all the fullness dwell So in Christ is all the fullness. Look at Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. So all the fullness of the Father dwells in Christ. There's nothing to ask for that's not there. Okay? Why would God want you to wait when what you're asking for is available? Why would God want you to wait when what you're asking for is available? Can you see that healing is God's never withholding healing? Because why would He ask you to wait and suffer a little bit longer if healing is already available? Why would He say no when the provision of the, the, that prayer is already made provi- uh, provided for? There's no place for no there if we're praying according to what His Word says. There's no such thing as an unanswered prayer because if we're praying correctly, every prayer in Christ is yes and amen. So why do people pray and then not see results? Why do people pray and not see results? It's probably one of the biggest questions in the the, the body of Christ worldwide because this is one of the biggest problems. And it's we assume, we, we try and explain, this prayer hasn't been answered because God, X, Y, and Z. God said no, God said wait. You know why we do that? Because we're trying to excuse our inability. And we're trying to blame someone. And it's easy to blame God, because he can't all, like, we don't always allow Him to speak up and defend Himself in our conversations with other people. You know, I just don't know why this hasn't happened yet, but I'm trusting God. His timing is perfect. Healing is... is, Yesterday was God's desire for you to be well. So He's not withholding. So there's just one example. When we pray wrongly, because of our lack, lack of proper instruction in righteousness, we'll see wrong results. If it's a bad result, then it's certain that the result isn't coming from christ but the result is coming from our wrong prayer now i I, when i've taught on stuff like this people get upset and they're like but but surely god is gracious and surely it doesn't really matter how i pray or if i what are you talking about god's desire from ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 to 12 is that we mature my kids this, this week turned 8 and 10 years old. They don't get if they don't say please and thank you. Because as they mature, I'm expecting them not just to sit at the table and go water. <laughs> or food. I want them to, to, to talk properly. And I think God is more gracious than maybe I am as a father, obviously. But the point I'm trying to make is we should all be maturing and then we learn how things operate in the kingdom, how things operate spiritually, and we we learn to operate in more boldness as we realize how much authority we've got and how we can exercise it. Look at this in uh, Ephesians 3.20 and 21. Now, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. Through all ages, world without end. Amen. He is able. He is able. He has the capacity to do exceedingly above. Far beyond our desires and our expectations. But, look what the second part of that verse says. According to, in proportion to. The power that works within us. If we don't have power working within us, we're limiting God. God can do so many big things in our lives, but if, it, if there's no power at work within us, the power of faith, according to the Word, you won't see diddly-squats. Okay? There's a power at work in the, un, in, in the believer. But, and that power came about by the new creation, by salvation. That power never ceases to operate. And it brings to fulfillment all the purposes and plans that God has for us. But it's according to, in proportion to, the power at work within us. How much of it are we letting God do? Can you agree you weren't half saved? Who here was half saved? But let's change it like this. How many of you were half-born from your your mom? Nobody was half-born here. You're not uh, half-saved. Okay, we're complete in Him. We're complete in Him. And He's completely in us. We have everything that is in Christ in us. Okay? The power that's in operation in us is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And that power that raised us from spiritual death to spiritual life is available to us. Look how Paul opens up the letter to the Ephesians. In uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 onwards. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. And sets him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and given him to be head of all things to the church which is body. The fullness of him that uh, filleth all in all. So this passage is showing us what God has accomplished through Christ in you and me. You need to go meditate on that passage and think about it a a bit more because it's showing us what's available to us because of redemption you know the power that's spoken of here exceeds greatness the the one word there in the greek when it speaks about power means to throw beyond the mark so that means if you need you you remember uh, from like um arcades and stuff You've got that big hammer and you've got to hit the thing and hopefully the, the ball goes up and hits the bell. Okay, You've got a level that you need to reach. And most people, they hit that thing and it goes like that. It doesn't reach the, the level. The, power, the, 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 the word picture that the, 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 this verse is giving us is that you hit that thing because of the power in you and it blows the bell off the top. it's more than enough. You'll never reach the the capacity of what you've got inside of you. But His power and greatness is directed towards us, what does it say? Who believe. That power uh, 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 is available to us because we believe. Okay, look at Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. It says, Even when we were dead in sin... Has He quickened, made us alive together with Christ? By grace you are saved. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So this is saying that what happened when you became a Christian, by grace through faith, what happened uh, 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 to you, you identify with Christ. And so now He's made you alive with Christ and you're seated in heavenly places with Christ. Okay? That power fills you. So we need to pray from a place of knowing that that power fills us. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6. That power fills you. So our prayers are answered according to the power at work within us. But we've got to understand our authority in order to operate in this. This is just the last section I want to cover before we, 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 we get into some prayer time. But why do you think God created prayer in the first place? Why do you think prayer exists? Like, why is prayer a thing? I'm struggling how to describe this. You know Why is prayer something that we should do? When God created Adam and placed him in the garden, was he supposed to pray? Yes, 100%. We see that in Jesus, the second Adam. He's known as the second Adam. He's perfect. He comes into the world as a perfect man. And do you know what he does? He prays. So if Jesus could pray, he had no sin, and he prayed, then we should probably be praying as well. Okay? If Jesus prayed, then Adam was supposed to pray. This shows us that we don't just pray when we need help because Jesus didn't pray because he needed help. What did he why did he pray? He fellowshiped with God. He was strengthened through his prayer time. He didn't just pray because he needed something. But most believers their prayer life is all about I need something. Let me pray. Obviously current uh, company excluded. <laughs> Before we take our place in prayer, we, and, and, and we need to realize that we can have 100% guaranteed answers to our prayer. If we understand our authority. And if we're praying in our authority, and that's what we're going to be looking at. Because if we're praying in our authority that's God given, then we'll be praying according to that authority, which means you're guaranteed results god gave man authority and that we have to understand this completely to live and fulfill the purposes and plans of god for our life look at genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to 28 genesis chapter 1 verse 26 to 28 it says and god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea Over the fowl, the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. I haven't made this joke in a while, so I can do it now. We have authority over creeps. So God created man in His image. In the image of God, He created him, male and female. He created them, and God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So, this is the mind of God as pertaining to things on earth. This is, you could call it, his blueprint for, for creation. God gives authority over everything to man, God gives authority over the whole of creation to man. Okay? So it's easy to answer the question of why is the world in a mess. It's easy. <laughs> because we made a mess. Okay? Man determines what happens here. God gave man authority to direct the course of earth. God gave man authority over creation, and he didn't include himself in that dominion. Okay? He said let them have dominion. And then he stepped out of dominion. And he said, You've got dominion. That was the wisdom of God, that was the plan of God. Man, he wanted man to run things through prayer, seeking God, seeking his wisdom, co-laboring with him, allowing him into our affairs so that we would do things the way that he wanted them done. But what have we done? We've done it our way. Frank Sinatra syndrome. Okay, We were supposed to commune with God. Fellowship with Him. As we exercise our authority and dominion on this earth. Prayer directs things on earth. It puts things in the right place. We've all experienced this to a degree or another. I've experienced this in the ministry many times. We don't know what to do. We pray. God gives us direction. He directs things. But if we don't allow Him to direct things, we've got to figure it out. It's in the presence or in the absence of prayer that things happen. Think about that for a moment. It's in the presence of prayer or in the absence of prayer that things happen. So the things that happen are either because we pray or because we did not. And uh, that can be a very sobering thought. You know, like uh, I gave this uh, example a while back. I was thinking of a, a friend a couple of months back. And I was like, I need to phone this friend. And I didn't. And then I was thinking, oh, let me just pray for him quickly. And his son died a little. And, uh, and then I was like, you know what? I wonder if, 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 like I don't know his dad very well. But I was like, I wonder if this guy's dad actually received Christ yet and I wonder what's happening, I must actually check up on him but let me phone him at the end of the month because at the end of the month it's his birthday so I put off what I should have not put off and a couple days after that his wife phoned me to tell me that the the father had had a heart attack and died but God was trying to speak and I wasn't listening so things happen in because we prayed, or they don't, or they happen because we didn't pray. There's a responsibility on us with regards to prayer. Even with regards to establishing the church. God, what do you want us to do? We are constantly asking that. And as a a church family, we can ask that together. And for those that aren't here that are listening, we can ask that together. God, what do you want us to do in order to establish a, a work here that can reach people and disciple them And and enrich their lives. Yet the authority to produce anything has been given to us. We are co-laborers with Christ. We have a part to play. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 amplified version. We are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. You are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. You are God's building. The Passion puts it like this. We are co-workers with God, and you are God's cultivated garden, the house He is building. The idea I want you to get from that is we are co-laboring with God. God wants to co-labor with us in the earth. God has a purpose and a plan and a mission that He is busy with. Okay, In the earth, He's busy doing a work. But he won't do it independent of you and me as believers. He wants to do it through us. And his plan and purpose is to show his goodness to every single person on the face of the earth. And let me let me let me share this. You know, like there's a few truths that we can get from the Word of God that are eternal, they're unchanging. No matter what happens, God is good, God is love, and God is faithful. How do you interpret something, a tragedy, that's happened? This might not make sense to you right now, but you can interpret a tragedy. God is good, God is love, and God is faithful. Something bad has happened. God is good, God is love, God is faithful. Which means God didn't do that. The thief came to steal, kill and destroy. Not Jesus. Jesus said, I came to give life and life abundantly. Mm -hmm. So this is a can of worms, but Jesus has nothing to do with death ever. God doesn't kill people. So then you know God is only good. Yeah, death came in because Adam sinned, not because God decided it would be a good idea if man died. You don't see that in the Bible, but you see death coming in because man fell. Man made a, 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 a or man fell short of the glory of God. They sinned. Acts chapter thirteen, an example of prayer. As we wrap up here, it says, In the church at Antioch, there were a number of prophets and teachers of the word, including Barnabas, Simeon from Niger, Lucius, uh the Libyan, Manian, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul while they were worshipping as priests before the Lord in prayer and fasting. So I want to pause there. This is what they were doing. They came together and they were worshipping God and they were praying and they were hearing from God. They were ministering to God. That's what prayer is as well. It's God, we're just here to love on you and we're just here to, to worship you and we just want to speak to you and have you give you an opportunity to speak to us. And in the middle of that, it says, the Holy Spirit said... I have called Barnabas and Saul to do an important work for me. Now release them to go and fulfill it. So, in a time of prayer, God will speak. It's not just us blabbering around and and, uh, babbling and babbling. It's about us just focusing on God so much that our hearts are open to hear His voice and know what is He saying. Okay? Because we can hear His voice. John chapter 10, verse 3 to 4. Amplified. says, The watchman opens the door for this man. The sheep listen to his voice and heed it. And he calls them. He calls his own sheep by name and brings, leads them out. When he has brought his own sheep outside, he walks on before them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. You're a sheep. okay You're Jesus' sheep. Which means you know his voice. In your heart, you know his voice. So in a time of prayer... You should hear his voice. And if you're struggling with that, as we pray now, you just go, "Father, I want to hear your voice clearly." And you know what I believe is God isn't just wanting to speak to you something earth-shattering. He wants to speak to you something which you need to hear right now. I can guarantee you, the majority of us will probably hear something like words of affirmation, words that will build us up and strengthen us, words of love. That's what He wants to speak to you. Okay, so, you know, most of us don't have five minutes in the week. or don't give five minutes, even if we have ten minutes. But we don't give a lot of time to just hearing from God and allowing Him to speak to us. So we're going to give some time for that now. And what I want to encourage you to do is just be quiet, be still. And let's just allow God to speak. Allow Him to, to minister to you. Okay? Allow Him... To, to, to share something with you that you need to hear. Some of you are facing challenges, whether they're health or whether they're otherwise, that God would want to uh, give you a word of direction about. But don't seek that word of direction about it right now. Just be like, God, whatever's on your heart, speak to me, but I'm just going to spend some time just praying in the Spirit or just giving you praise and just enjoying your presence for a moment. Okay? And we're not going to give a lot of time for this, but we're going to give some time just to praying together. And, um, and if you have a word for all of us, then I want to encourage you to come up and share it because we'll give some time for that too. So mom, if you can come up, we're going to just have some worship playing in the background. And so if you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to find a different seat, away from the person sitting next to you, you can. But I wanna encourage you, Let's, uh, for those of you standing, stand and let's just get into a time now of just Father, what's on your heart, speak to us. And if there's something that's on your heart, then just come up, if it's a, a, a verse, that even if you don't have an interpretation for it, then let's just share that, and let's minister to each other, amen? So Father, I thank you right now, that as we pray, as we focus in on you, as we allow you to speak things concerning ourselves, our lives, things concerning the church as well, and the direction of Grace Life Rhonda Bosch, I thank you, Father, that you, we would just hear your voice clearly, and we would be encouraged and strengthened, and that we would just enjoy whatever you've got to say, Father. That we would be drawing strength from the Spirit right now as we pray in the Spirit, and as we wait on you, Father. In
0: the
1: name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. the inside allowing to strengthen you by the Spirit of God which lives inside of you just yield to that strength right now that's coming from within river of life I thank you that you're flowing in this place and bringing strength and wholeness to each body as you focus on Jesus just imagine that physical problem that health condition just disappearing because the power of God is overwhelming it. Save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship, especially that with God, was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His
0: enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. And I just feel God telling you that you are His friend.
1: i glad you have you. I just felt like God just saying to you that He's proud of you. And um, I just felt Him saying that you, He's equipped you for this next season. I'm not just saying this naturally because obviously I know a lot of things going on right now. But I just felt like God really just putting on my heart, wanting to say to you that you've got this. That you, you're, equipped, you're you equipped, you've got what it need, what, what's necessary to be able to do Everything that lies in front of you, ministry and otherwise. Father, I just thank you that you have raised up JB for such a time as this. And I thank you for the strength that is inside of him to be able to not just uh, 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 overcome and endure, but to be able to carry other people. Thank you for that maturity inside of him, Father. Thank you that you give him the wisdom that he needs to know where, what is his to carry and what's not his to carry. And that he wouldn't overcarry. But that he would just uh, walk with you and walk in wisdom. I feel like God is saying as well that he's going to use you in the area of wisdom and giving people wisdom for situations. As you minister to them, as you, you counsel them, as you pray for them that he's going to give you words of knowledge and words of wisdom to be able to help uh, in situations where there seems like there's no option. We just thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Father, we thank you that you
1: are speaking to us right now. I just want to encourage you just to, for a moment, just, just stop thinking and then just be like, God, speak to me. And the first thing that comes to your mind, just take note of it because that's something that God wants you to know. He'll never counter his word. It won't be harsh or cruel or judgmental. It'll be something good because he is good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Uh, showing me a picture of a roller coaster and I feel like uh, uh, that's a picture of your life. (laughs) Like it feels like maybe you've just been going up and down and all the way around and sometimes it feels like it's out of control and that things are kind of just happening and you kind of just have to go with the show or go with the flow. But I really just felt like the Lord just saying that there's a stability coming and that stability is going to bring a lot of fruitfulness. But I also felt Him saying like um, uh, uh, His desire for you is that there would be a restoration of much more than you expect. There's a restoration that He wants to bring that's going to be a restoration of much more than you expect, especially in your heart, in the area of trust, in the area of uh, many things. But I feel like uh, He's just saying, just kind of like come away with me, not physically or geographically, but just come away with me get carried away with me in your mind and focus on me and allow me to minister to you so that you can go where he wants you to go in your heart and so father i just thank you right now for tisa i thank you for the stability that you're bringing in her life we just speak peace to the storms on the inside on the outside we thank you father that you, she's a she's very fast approaching a season of restoration and seeing things being restored to her. Thank you that you are restoring trust, that you are restoring hope, and that you are giving her a vision for the future, Father. I just feel like a a general excitement that God has for you. I feel like He's just inviting you and saying, don't give up hope of an amazing future. Whatever the situation looks like now, it's gonna get better. Because your, your your focus is on him and he's leading you in that direction. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We can be expectant and excited about what you're wanting to do in Tisa's life. And however you want us to help just walk with her and facilitate that, Father. Thank you that that you give us the wisdom to be able to do that, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Before you come, or you can come first. Come, Lucas. I
0: just had that song stuck in my mind. Tell me why, and I just feel like someone's here asking a lot of, like, why God? Why did this happen? Why didn't happen? And I just feel like God's nudging you forward. You just don't focus on the ma- matchstick in front of you, but focus on the whole, whole lot of open road in front of you.
1: So for that person who who feels like, uh, why is this and why is that? Uh, I believe this word is for you from Isaiah 43. It says, but let me read it from a different translation. God doesn't speak King James, although I like King James. He says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Father, I thank you that for whoever that is right now, that they would be encouraged. That no matter what the problem is, no matter what the trial is, no matter what they feel, you are with them, strengthening them. They will not be burned, they will not drown, for you are with them. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I know this next one would apply to a lot of people, but I just had a picture of us just praying for you, uh, John Mark. So if you can stand up where you are... (laughs) and uh, just uh, lucas lay hands on him um sean lay hands on him and let's just uh pray in the spirit just stretch out your hands he's got a couple of physical things going on uh but i just believe god was just saying, showing me a picture that as we just stand in agreement and speak over him and pray over him like he's wanting just to break something and shift something and just release something to him so Father, oh, we just we just pray over john Mark. we just release life and light over him right now in the name of Jesus.
0: We just keep blessing
1: physically. We, we say to this body, be restored. In the name of Jesus, life flow. Flow now in the name of Jesus. Every organ, every part of this body, be restored to wholeness. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that he is untouchable because he's in Christ. The enemy has no hold, no authority because he is in Christ. So we just speak your protection, we speak your peace and your strength right now in the name of Jesus. Like it. It's like a...
0: With that in prayer, or just speaking healing into someone, like imagine yourself as being that child trying to or thinking that you're the one driving, but actually now, as adult, we know what the truth is. So, yeah.
1: That's good, thank you, Amen. Thank you, Father.
0: Go for it, then, Jamie.
1: Stand up, I want to pray for you to you stretch out your hands to answer. Jamie. As someone wants to come and land. Jamie's body and Father, we thank you for restoration. We agree right now that if just for America, same Donna, whoever else are, Jamie. Father, we just thank you for Malcolm and myself.
0: I just feel like God's saying, I haven't forgotten you.
1: I just feel like the Lord saying, he, 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 you're not uh, far from Him. You haven't deviated. You're not forgotten. And I just feel like He's just encouraging you right now just to keep your chin up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You only lose when you give up you haven't lost there's more father I just speak your 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 favor over this couple I, I speak your favor over the, the the dreams especially in Malcolm's heart and we just declare open doors over them in the name of Jesus father we thank you that we can be expectant. I really just breakthrough for them in the name of Jesus thank you that you give them the wisdom that they need the word of direction that you give them the word of knowledge whatever it is in the name of Jesus I just see a picture of tides in the ocean turning and I just feel like God just saying the tide is turning father we thank you that the tide is turning there's winds of change for them that what they're struggling with today is not going to be what they struggle with next year. It's going to be different. Things are changing. Thank you that they can be hopeful about that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. If you guys there have any words or pictures for them, go for it. Thank you, Father. And Father, as we... Just wrap things up. We just uh, thank you for the privilege we have of being family. Thank you for the vision which you've given us to reach the unreached, to reach the unchurched, to reach the unsaved with the message of hope, the message of salvation through faith, which is in you. Not by works, but by faith. We thank you, Father, that you positioned us here in Rondebosch and in Cape Town to be able to make an impact, to be able to make a difference. And so, Father, we thank you that even in the week ahead, you give us wisdom, that you give us insight, that you show us what we need to know in order to step forward in your purposes for us as a church, that you would show us how we can reach more people, how we can uh, accelerate in this uh, community, how we can make a bigger difference for you, Father thank you for the impact we are making in individual's lives but i thank you father that there's more and we're expectant of the more thank you that together you've called us to be builders and together we will build father we say here we are father use us work through us we're here to co-labor with you the way that you want and so we're expectant of good things father in the name of jesus we pray for every single person who associates themselves with this church, whether they come regularly or not, and we just speak blessing over them, Father. We thank you that this week ahead, they would be prompted to uh, contact us or come back next week. And we thank you that they are going to just experience such a welcome home and such an overwhelming uh, love and ministry as they return. In the name of Jesus.